The VEX Robotics Championships make it into the Guinness Book of World Records. Welcome back to another Textination interview, and we've got a follow-up to the segment we did reviewing the robotic competition this year from the Robotics Education and Competition Foundation and VEX Robotics. With us is Dan Mann, CEO of the REC Foundation. Dan, great to see you again. Fred, thanks for having us back, and it's so exciting uh, to look back at what we talked about a couple months ago and how we were planning for the 2021, you know, uh, live remote VEX Robotics World Championship, and then how we pulled it off and able to recap what an incredible event we had and share it with you and your audience today. Now, what a challenge turning this uh, VEX Robotics World Championship into a virtual event. It was incredibly hard. Um, it was a, a difficult decision when we made it, you know, in July of 20. Uh, 20, we made a decision that we were going to continue to have a season even with the pandemic and just doing things virtually wasn't enough. You know, as we discussed last time, we developed our live remote technology um, and allowed teams from across the world a chance to compete using their actual robots um, with fields. So we played a real robotics game. Um, and again, as we discussed last time, the culmination was teams uh, competing for a world championship. And, and the last two weeks of May, indeed, we had teams from 35 countries, 49 to the 50 states. All totaled, we had uh, 1,700 teams compete for world championships. So we pulled it off. Um, it had its challenges. And uh, I don't want to give all the details away. I want you to be able to ask some questions. But uh, we learned a lot by doing it. But we also had an incredible experience that um, we'll continue to use in the future. We don't expect that live remote um, technology to replace in-person events going forward, but we've truly found a platform that will allow more of the world and definitely more rural areas in the United States to compete in robotics. So it was kind of a science experiment, but isn't that what STEM is all about is, is learning and trying things and adapting and uh, that experiment worked. Was it flawless? No, we had a couple issues along the way, but um, the overwhelming feedback we got from everybody was they had a great experience. They were glad for the opportunity to compete. Um, and of course it was all capped off by Guinness Book of World Records, recognizing us for having the largest remote robotics competition in history. Very exciting. You know, a lot of companies I think and conferences have discovered that this new virtual setting while it's not the same as being in, in there in person, it does open things up to more people. And, and there are some new opportunities that, that have been discovered here. Yeah, I would agree. I, I think that although ours is STEM education and workforce development, I don't think these opportunities are just limited to our market. I think now, I think most people want to reach underserved communities, whether you're talking rural or areas that are just new to the infrastructure or even areas like in Indiana where we have tremendous amount of success and we frankly don't have the capacity to hold enough tournaments to give everybody a chance to play multiple times. So when I talk about underserved uh, communities, I'm talking about um, the traditional underserved, but even areas that don't have the opportunities for many different reasons. And what being flexible and adaptable has is we found a way now by thinking outside of the box, you can bring these opportunities to more people. And uh, for me, the most exciting moment, and this is what I was telling everybody, is early in our LRT VEX Robotics Live Remote World Championship, um, it was the very first day, all of a sudden on the big screen where we were showing all the matches going on, I snapped a picture because we had um, China and we had 
uh, Hong Kong, China playing. We had um, Bahrain. We had United States, of course, Canada, Mexico, uh, and one of the European teams. And I'm like, we did this. And this is a model for other organizations to follow in the future. By thinking outside of the box, we can still bring the world together and we can still bring STEM opportunities together um, and we don't have to go backwards. We, again, from the REC Foundation perspective, we want to promote in-person competitions, um, but we now feel we have an additional platform um, to bring um, even more people into the programs and to celebrate our successes. For example, in, in the continent of Africa, where we have you know, over 20 countries have VEX robotics teams, but except for a few rare cases, they've never traveled to the US to compete, but now they can be part of a world celebration. So that was so impactful to us. And I think other organizations are finding these same opportunities. And you were even able to have uh, your parade of nations there virtually. Tell me about that. We did. That was, uh, that was something I was concerned about a little bit is how do we do this so it's not boring? Because one of the energy of our in-person VEX Robotics World Championships is the teams from all the different countries, not the teams, but representatives from all the different countries coming down the stage, holding their flag while the MCs, you know, announce some facts about the country. And there's a huge energy and a lot of people that'll tell you one of the highlight of the REC Foundation you know, VEX worlds, you know, that, that, that's always one of the highlights. So how do you replicate that? So what we did is we asked the teams from each country that were participating to send in pictures. So, um, so while it was live streamed, it wasn't in person, we were showing videos of those teams as well as still giving out the facts, right? So we still had our two MCs uh, giving a little bit of interesting information about those countries. So did it replace the in-person with the energy of kids coming across the stage? Maybe not so much, but the fact is we recognized every single country that was participating in the 2021 Live Remote VEX World Championship. So that was important to us, and I think we pulled it off. Well, you want to tell us a little bit about uh, the results here, what, what you saw? Yeah, so it was really interesting, and we do have a lot of B-roll footage, and we're going to put some documentaries together soon. We're really, really busy right now getting ready for our next season, but we have a ton of footage. And basically, we set up control centers um, Vex Robotics uh, was, was kind enough to, to donate some space at their facility. And then we used all of our facility and we still had a production truck come in, one of those big tractor trailers with all the production equipment you see like for soccer or Monday night football. We had one of those parked in the parking lot. We, we actually had to get generators because we were using so much power. And then we had uh, uh, the Innovation First International, one of our partner sponsors provided their IT team to make sure everything was staying connected. And we were basically simulcast, or uh, we were, you know, concurrently um, running competitions over from Vex Robotics. We were running our LRT competitions, and then from the REC Foundation offices, we were running our skills. And then in other parts of the world, we had judges interviewing these teams. So we had remote judges that volunteered, and they were meeting with teams uh, using Zoom to to do their meetings. So um, it was all going on concurrently. And then when we had our championships, the big production uh, trucks were, were bringing in the fields together from, and then we had a, 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 like a host station, you know, our live MCs. Um, it was just amazing how our production brought it all together. And uh, for the most part, it worked really, really well. We did have one network problem um, in one event that slowed us down a little bit. So we played about 30 minutes of commercials, but they were all VEX related commercials, of course. And besides that, it was pretty flawless. 
And one of the really crowning achievements is um, we ran one of the divisions in China. So our Asia Pacific division was actually run in China. So um, they ran parallel to us, but of course the championships of the Asia Pacific divisions were competing against the champions of the divisions we were running out of Texas. So that first time where we linked in the, the, the China champions with our champions and, and they played um, in the elimination matches was really, really exciting. And, and, and it was interesting if you, and, and the winners are all announced through press releases. And of course they be, can be found on our website, roboticseducation.org. Um, all the winners, but one of the exciting parts is how many countries were represented in the elimination and finals matches. It was really, truly an international experience. Yeah, in, in, a, in a very true sense, uh, all everybody who participated in this was a winner. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's interesting because there's some teams that competed, you know, at, you know, the 2021 Live Remote VEX World Championship. Um, you know, again, presented by Northrop Grumman Foundation, I, I have to say that without their support, we couldn't have pulled this off. But there were some teams there that may have only put a robot together, you know, a couple months ago and didn't have the, the luxury of being able to compete this year. And I was really worried about their experience because they weren't going to be competing at the same level as some of these top robots. But they all had a great experience. The feedback we got, and we're actually recording all the great messages and thank yous and stuff we've gotten from the teams, is it didn't matter that they didn't have the best robot. The fact that they still got to have a robotic season and they got to build a robot, um, they got to compete and program with a robot, and they still had a great experience, If even though maybe they didn't have the strongest robot. So that one worry I had is what happens when you know, a team from state X is, is playing for the first time this year or the second time this year, it didn't matter because the students were excited to get out of class and to be able to compete. And Fred, I got to tell you another thing, and I, I know I touched about this last time. Another one of my favorite moments is on our big screen, you know, and sometimes we'd have uh, 16 different matches going on at a time and all were being uh, simulcast on this huge screen. But one of the really, really, really cool things was seeing the different rooms. So there was a match, it was actually an elimination match where one team was clearly in their school, another was in a community center, one was in their living room. You could see they moved all their furniture out of the way and their field was in their, their living room. Another team was in their garage, another team was in the basement. We had another team set up in their hallway. So it was like all these teams are competing at the highest level and their fields were located in all the most unique locations. And it just showed um, what we accomplished. This did not have to be done at a school or a community center that where there's a will, there's a way. These teams found a place to set up their fields. They found a way to still be safely practiced with COVID protocols because that was important to us. Uh, we didn't want to put our head in the sand that there wasn't a pandemic going on um, and these teams still could compete. So, um, you know, what a great opportunity, like I said, even for the teams that maybe were, that was their second event of the year. They still had a a chance to compete against Mexico and China and Singapore and, you know, the UK and Germany. And, um, and they still got that great experience. Um, and so whether they won or lo lost wasn't what was most important, which at the end of the day is what we're really trying to do at the REC Foundation. It's not about winning and losing. It's about teaching the soft skills and, and STEM skills. You know, I've got to say that even with the occasional glitches now and then, the technology that enabled this over the internet is, is amazing. And the way it's held up throughout this pandemic, and we've all learned a lot about what we're able to do online today. 
Yeah, I mean, again, I don't want to repeat everything we talked about, but this was literally a brainstorm idea at the end of July 2020. And, um, and our initial, when we ran our initial demonstration matches in, in November of 2020, we had 11 peer-to-peer connections. We had figured out that was the max that we could do, but literally there was, you know, 11 different sources of information were being shared and the video streams were, were uh, impacted by that. So, you know, we had two full-time developers on this um, and uh, there, you know, corporations, tech corporations would have had an entire team of developers. We had two full-time developers as well as the, the support staff, the REC support staff that were running the competitions. But literally one of the things we figured out is we needed one source for all the data and then people would connect and share that same stream. And when we did that, the performance of, of the LRT really, really took off. Um, and then we had issues like teams would have multiple windows open, each making a connection. Um, and it wasn't intentional. It was just the reality of opening up a second window. So we learned to control that. So each, each computer could only have one link at a time. So by the end there, we didn't really have technology issues. I mean, again, we were streaming from areas of the country that have 3G, right? That have low performing Wi-Fi because our developers really found a way to optimize the connections. And again, I, I'm gonna say it for a second time is it was amazing. We had two full-time developers on this and then our operations team. Um, one of the, my highlights of this entire LRT development is our operations team that are busy supporting teams and fulfilling orders. They all learned how to run LRT. So you know, every Wednesday, Thursday, Friday night, all day Saturday, um, sometimes our staff would come in at two in the morning. These were people that had different jobs of going and setting up events or fulfilling orders or answering phone calls or running these LRT events and it was, a, to me, a testament to um, perseverance and flexibility, a testament to the type of staff we have at the REC Foundation, that they were willing to learn new jobs, and a testament to um, the, the staff themselves for really believing in our mission and finding a way to make this work. And no pets running across a, a room chasing robots? That, that we, we do. Um, matter of fact, we haven't had a chance to show that, but we have a really clever blooper reel because um, we recorded every one of these events, every LRT um, event that we ran, and we ended up having, you know, thousands of matches, if you think about it, thousands of thousands of matches, they're all recorded. And we're in the process of putting together a blooper wheel to, of the cat hopping on the field to pounce on a robot, or the dog wandering, or the parrot flying through. Those are the unexpected things that actually made it really humorous for us. So uh, we're really busy getting ready for our next season right now. But when time allows, we're going to both do that, uh, that documentary of how we developed LRT and then also the blooper reel. And I think the community is going to have a lot of fun watching those. And uh, next year, the plan is to be in person in Dallas, but I guess it'll be hybrid to a certain extent. Yeah, that's a, that's a great question, Fred. So a uh, matter of fact, I just got off a phone call where we're talking about Dallas uh, 2022. It's, uh, it's the first week of May in 2022. So we're already at full planning for that event. And we're going to have our largest in-person VEX Robotics World Championship ever. So Northrop Grumman, um, NASA, and TI, and of course, VEX Robotics themselves are, are all um, very important for them that we continue to, to grow our program. So our event in Dallas will be our largest ever. Um, but we also have heard from a few countries, and I'm not going to say it right now, but there's a few countries that really feel that they're still not going to be able to travel even in April, May of 2022. So we've developed this LRT technology. 
um, we, we want to utilize it. So um, parallel to our in-person VEX Worlds, which would be the largest ever, we do want to offer the opportunity for those teams that can't travel to still have a world championship. So we haven't worked out all the logistics yet or how we're going to do it, um, but that is our plan right now. Terrific. In the meantime, uh, what should students, schools, parents, what should they all know about maybe getting involved here? Yeah, so, um, you know, our focus this year is going to be on re-engagement. I announced at VEX Worlds that my number one goal is that every team that competed, every organization that had teams and teams that competed in the 2019-2020 season, we want to bring them back. So, so many teams as much as they wanted to do it, they just couldn't do it with, with the pandemic. So that's what we're focusing on right now is reaching out to every one of those teams and finding ways to bring them back. And then for all those new teams that are excited about this, um, they of course, they can always go to the roboticseducation.org website um, and you can contact us. We actually have a clever map of the US and you click on your state or your country and it gives you the email and phone number of your uh, representative from your area, your um, team engagement manager, per se, that will help you get started. Um, and uh, uh, we'll bring you into the system. And I think we have some, um, we've learned a lot from the pandemic, Fred, we really have. And we think some of these schools that are just dipping their toe in the water, we're going to give them some approaches this year where they can do STEM labs that were developed by VEX. Um, they can do free coding, um, VEX code VR tutorials. We're going to allow them to do online challenges. So if you're a little hesitant, you're a new programming coming out of the pandemic and you want to start slowly, we're going to be able to customize you getting into robotics. And of course, for those teams that want to jump in and compete right away, we've got our great programs out there. Um, we just also, Fred, um, we just had our in-person VEX U and VEX AI competition world championships uh, just two weeks ago. They were actually in person in Greenville, Texas. And the AI technology is super exciting. So for those organizations that are looking for a little bit more coding, a little bit more programming, um, they can maybe are interested in the AI competitions as well. Terrific. The website, once again, is roboticseducation.org. Dan Mance, thank you so much for taking the time with us. Thank you for having us back. And uh, Fred, we'll keep you updated as a uh, as we continue to evolve this technology and offer new programs. So we really appreciate the support we get from your organization to promote our STEM programs. And, and we thank you for being a voice out there. Thank you. Cooking with the power of the sun. Hi, I'm Fred Fishkin here to tell you about the latest innovation from my friend Patrick Sherwin and his great team at GoSun Stove. The GoSun Fusion has arrived using the company's tried-and-true reflectors and a solar vacuum tube to get you cooking without the mess of charcoal, heavy propane tanks, or smoke. A really bright idea. And with an optional solar panel and battery storage and the ability to plug in at home or on the road, you really can use the GoSun Fusion to cook anytime and anywhere, day or night, rain or shine. I love what Patrick and his team are doing, and so will you. Want to learn more? Head to gosun.co to check out all of the company's products and innovations and use the code TEXTINATION to save 10%. That's gosun.co.